0: Section 19, Part 1, Chapter 4 of The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse by Vicente Blasco Ibáñez. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4, The Cousin from Berlin. The studio of Julio Desnoyers was on the top floor, both the stairway and the elevator stopping before his door. The two tiny apartments at the back were lighted by an interior court their only means of communication being the service stairway which went on up to the garrets while his comrade was away Argensola had made the acquaintance of those in the neighboring lodgings the largest of the apartments was empty during the day its occupants not returning till after they had taken their evening meal in a restaurant as both husband and wife were employed outside they could not remain at home except on holidays the man vigorous and of a martial aspect was superintendent in a big department store he had been a soldier in africa wore a military decoration and had the rank of sub-lieutenant in the reserves she was a blonde heavy and rather anemic with bright eyes and a sentimental expression on holidays she spent long hours at the piano playing musical reveries always the same at other times Argensola saw her through the interior window working in the kitchen aided by her companion the two laughing over their clumsiness and inexperience in preparing the sunday dinner the concierge thought that this woman was a german but she herself said that she was a swiss she was a cashier in a shop not the one in which her husband was employed in the mornings they left home together separating in the place des toiles at seven in the evening they met here greeting each other with a kiss like lovers who meet for the first time and then after supper they returned to their nest in the rue de la pompe all argensola's attempts at friendliness with these neighbors were repulsed because of their self-centeredness they responded with freezing courtesy they lived only for themselves the other apartment of two rooms was occupied by a single man he was a russian or pole who almost always returned with a package of books and passed many hours writing near the patio window from the very first the spaniard took him to be a mysterious man probably a very distinguished one a true hero of a novel the foreign appearance of this made a great impression upon him his dishevelled beard and oily locks his spectacles upon a large nose that seemed deformed by a dagger thrust there emanated from him like an invisible nimbus an odor of cheap wine and soiled clothing when Argensolas caught a glimpse of him through the service door he would say to himself ah friend tchernoff is returning and thereupon he would saunter out to the stairway in order to have a chat with his neighbor for a long time the stranger discouraged all approach to his quarters which fact led the spaniard to infer that he devoted himself to alchemy and kindred mysteries when he finally was allowed to enter he saw only books many books books everywhere scattered on the floor heaped upon benches piled in corners overflowing onto broken-down chairs old tables and a bed that was only made up now and then when the owner alarmed by the increasing invasion of dust and cobwebs was obliged to call in the aid of his friend the concierge argensola finally realized not without a certain disenchantment that there was nothing mysterious in the life of the man what he was writing near the window were merely translations some of them ordered others volunteer work for the socialist periodicals the only marvelous thing about him was the quantity of languages that he knew he knows them all said the spaniard when describing their neighbor to desnoyers he has only to hear of a new one to master it he holds the key the secret of all languages living or dead he speaks castilian as well as we do and yet he has never been in a spanish-speaking country argensola again felt a thrill of mystery upon reading the titles of many of the volumes the majority were old books many of them in languages that he was not able to decipher picked up for a song at second-hand shops or in the bookstands installed upon the parapets of the seine only a man holding the key of tongues could get together such volumes an atmosphere of mysticism of superhuman insight of secrets intact for many centuries appeared to emanate from these heaps of dusty volumes with worm-eaten leaves and mixed with these ancient tomes were others red and conspicuous pamphlets of socialistic propaganda leaflets in all the languages of europe and periodicals many periodicals with revolutionary titles tchernoff did not appear to enjoy visits and conversation he would smile enigmatically into his black beard and was very sparing with his words so as to shorten the interview but argensola possessed the means of winning over this sullen personage it was only necessary for him to wink one eye with the expressive invitation do we go and the two would soon be settled on a bench in the kitchen of Desnoyers' studio opposite a bottle which had come from the avenue victor hugo the costly wines of don marcelo made the russian more communicative although in spite of this aid the spaniard learned little of his neighbor's real existence sometimes he would mention Jaurès and other socialistic orators his surest means of existence was the translation of periodicals or party papers on various occasions the name of siberia escaped from his lips and he admitted that he had been there a long time but he did not care to talk about a country visited against his will he would merely smile modestly showing plainly that he did not wish to make any further revelations the morning after the return of julio de while argensola was talking on the stairway with tchernoff the bell rang how annoying the russian who was well up in advanced politics was just explaining the plans advanced by jores there were still many who hoped that war might be averted he had his motives for doubting it he tchernoff was commenting on these illusions with the smile of a flat-nosed sphinx when the bell rang for a second time so that argensola was obliged to break away from his interesting friend and run to open the main door a gentleman wished to see julio he spoke very correct french though his accent was a revelation for argensola upon going into the bedroom in search of his master who was just arising he said confidently it's the cousin from berlin who has come to say good-bye it could not be any one else when the three came together in the studio desnoyers presented his comrade in order that the visitor might not make any mistake in regard to his social status i have heard him spoken of the gentleman is argensola a very deserving youth dr julius von Hartrott said this with the self-sufficiency of a man who knows everything and wishes to be agreeable to an inferior conceding him the alms of his attention the two cousins confronted each other with a curiosity not altogether free from distrust although closely related they knew each other very slightly tacitly admitting complete divergence in opinions and tastes after slowly examining the sage argensola came to the conclusion that he looked like an officer dressed as a civilian he noticed in his person an effort to imitate the soldierly when occasionally discarding uniform the ambition of every german burgher wishing to be taken for the superior class his trousers were narrow as though intended to be tucked into cavalry boots his coat with the two rows of buttons had the contracted waist with very full skirt and upstanding lapels suggesting vaguely a military greatcoat the reddish mustachio's strong jaw and shaved head completed his would-be martial appearance but his eyes large dark-circled and near-sighted were the eyes of a student taking refuge behind great thick glasses which gave him the aspect of a man of peace desnoyers knew that he was an assistant professor of the university that he had published a few volumes fat and heavy as bricks and that he was a member of an academic society collaborating in documentary research directed by a famous historian in his lapel he was wearing the badge of a foreign order julio's respect for the learned member of the family was not unmixed with contempt he and his sister chichi had from childhood felt an instinctive hostility toward the cousins from berlin it annoyed him too to have his family everlastingly holding up as a model this pedant who only knew life as it is in books and passed his existence investigating what men had done in other epochs in order to draw conclusions in harmony with germany's views while young desnoyers had great facility for admiration and reverenced all those whose arguments argensola had doled out to him he drew the line at accepting the intellectual grandeur of this illustrious relative during his stay in berlin a german word for vulgar invention had enabled him to classify this heavy books of minute investigation were every month being published by the dozens in the fatherland there was not a professor who could resist the temptation of constructing from the simplest detail an enormous volume written in a dull involved style the people therefore appreciating that these near-sighted authors were incapable of any genial vision of comradeship called them haben because of the very long sittings which their works represented that was what this cousin was for him a mere haben doctor von hartrott on explaining his visit spoke in spanish he availed himself of this language used by the family during his childhood as a precaution looking around repeatedly as if he feared to be heard he had come to bid his cousin farewell his mother had told him of his return and he had not wished to leave paris without seeing him he was leaving in a few hours since matters were growing more strained but do you really believe that there will be war asked desnoyers war will be declared to or the day after nothing can prevent it now it is necessary for the welfare of humanity silence followed this speech julio and argensola looking with astonishment at this peaceable-looking man who had just spoken with such martial arrogance the two suspected that the professor was making this visit in order to give vent to his opinions and enthusiasms at the same time perhaps he was trying to find out what they might think and know as one of the many viewpoints of the people in paris you are not french he added looking at his cousin you were born in argentina so before you i may speak the truth and were you not born there asked julio smiling the doctor made a gesture of protest as though he had just heard something insulting no i am a german no matter where a german may be born he always belongs to his mother country then turning to argensola this gentleman too is a foreigner he comes from noble spain which owes to us the best that it has the worship of honor the knightly spirit the spaniard wished to remonstrate but the sage would not permit adding in an oracular tone you were miserable celts sunk in the vileness of an inferior and mongrel race whose domination by rome but made your situation worse fortunately you were conquered by the goths and others of our race who implanted in you a sense of personal dignity do not forget young man that the vandals were the ancestors of the prussians of to-day again argensola tried to speak but his friend signed to him not to interrupt the professor who appeared to have forgotten his former reserve and was working up to an enthusiastic pitch with his own words we are going to witness great events he continued fortunate are those born in this epoch the most interesting in history at this very moment humanity is changing its course now the true civilization begins the war according to him was going to be of a brevity hitherto unseen germany had been preparing herself to bring about this event without any long economic world disturbance a single month would be enough to crush france the most to be feared of their adversaries then they would march against russia who with her slow clumsy movements could not oppose an immediate defense finally they would attack haughty england so isolated in archipelago that it could not obstruct the sweep of german progress this would make a series of rapid blows and overwhelming victories requiring only a summer in which to play this magnificent role the fall of the leaves in the following autumn would greet the definite triumph of germany with the assurance of a professor who does not expect his dictum to be refuted by his hearers he explained the superiority of the german race all mankind was divided into two groups Dolicephalus and the brachycephalus according to the shape of the skull another scientific classification divided men into the light-haired and dark-haired the Dolicephalus, arched heads represented purity of race and superior mentality the brachycephalus flat heads were mongrels with all the stigma of degeneration the german Dolycephalus par excellence was the only descendant of the primitive aryans all the other nations especially those of the south of europe called latins belonged to a degenerate humanity the spaniard could not contain himself any longer but no person with any intelligence believes any more in those antique theories of race what if there no longer existed a people of absolutely pure blood owing to thousands of admixtures due to historical conquests many germans bore the identical ethnic marks which the professor was attributing to the inferior races there is something in that admitted but although the german race may not be perfectly pure it is the least impure of all races and therefore should have dominion over the world his voice took on an ironic and cutting edge when speaking of the celts inhabitants of the lands of the south they had retarded the progress of humanity deflecting it in the wrong direction the celt is individualistic and consequently an ungovernable revolutionary who tends to socialism furthermore he is a humanitarian and makes a virtue of mercy defending the existence of the weak who do not amount to anything the illustrious german places above everything else method and power elected by nature to command the impotent races he possesses all the qualifications that distinguish the superior leader the french revolution was merely a clash between teutons and celts the nobility of france were descended from germanic warriors established in the country after the so-called invasion of the barbarians the middle and lower classes were the gallic celtic element the inferior race had conquered the superior disorganizing the country and perturbing the world celtism was the inventor of democracy of the doctrines of socialism and anarchy now the hour of germanic retaliation was about to strike and the northern race would re-establish order since god had favored it by demonstrating its indisputable superiority a nation he added can aspire to great destinies only when it is fundamentally Teutonic the less german it is the less its civilization amounts to we represent the aristocracy of humanity the salt of the earth as our Williams said end of section 19 recording by tony oliva albuquerque new mexico